Part four of The Wheel of Time by Henry James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. He had not long to wait for the sign from Mrs. Tregent. It arrived the very next morning in the shape of an invitation to dinner. This invitation was immediately accepted, but a fortnight was still to intervene, a trial to Morris Glanville's patience. The promptitude of the demonstration gave him pleasure. It showed him no bitterness had survived. What place was there indeed for resentment, since she married and had given birth to children, and thought sufficiently well of the face God had given her to desire to hand it on to her posterity? Her husband was in Parliament, or had been, that came back to him from his mother's story. He caught himself reverting to her with a frequency that surprised him. He was haunted by the image of that bright, strong woman on Crisford's canvas, in whom there was just enough of Fanny Knocker to put a sort of defiance into the difference. He wanted to see it again, and his opportunity was at hand in the form of a visit to Mrs. Crisford. He called on this lady, without his daughter, four days after he had lunched with her, and, finding her at home, he presently led the conversation to the portrait, and to his ardent desire for another glimpse of it. Mrs. Crisford gratified this eagerness. Perhaps he struck her as a possible sitter. It was late in the afternoon, and her husband was out. She led him into the studio. Mrs. Tregent, splendid and serene, stood there, as if she had been watching for him. There was no doubt the picture was a masterpiece. Morris had mentioned that he had known the original years before, and then had lost sight of her. He questioned his hostess with artful detachment. What sort of a person has she become? Agreeable? Popular? Oh, everyone adores her. She's so clever. Really? remarkably extraordinarily one of the cleverest women i've ever known and quite one of the most charming morris looked at the portrait at the super subtle smile which seemed to tell him mrs tregent knew they were talking about her a kind of smile he had never expected to live to see in fanny knocker's eyes then he asked has she literally become as handsome as that Mrs. Crisford hesitated. She's beautiful. Beautiful? Morris echoed. Uh, what shall I say? It's a peculiar charm. It's her spirit. One sees that her life has been beautiful in spite of her sorrows, Mrs. Crisford added. What sorrows has she had? Morris colored a little as soon as he had spoken. Oh, lots of deaths she has lost her husband she has lost several children ah that's new to me was her marriage happy it must have been for mr tregent if it wasn't for her no one ever knew but she has a son said morris yes the only one such a dear she thinks all the world of him at this moment a message was brought to mrs crisford and she asked to be excused while she went to say a word to some one who was waiting morris glanville in this way was left alone for five minutes with the intensity of the presence evoked by the artist he found himself agitated excited by it 
the face of the portrait was so intelligent and conscious that as he stood there he felt as if some strange communication had taken place between his being and mrs tregent's the idea made him nervous he moved about the room and ended by turning his back mrs crisford reappeared but he soon took leave of her and when he had got home he had settled himself in south kensington in a little undiscriminated house which he had hated from the first he learned from his daughter that she had had a visit from young tregent he had asked first for mr glanville and then in the second instance for herself telling her when admitted as if to attenuate his possible indiscretion that his mother had charged him to try to see her even if he should not find her father vera had never before received a gentleman alone and the incident had left traces of emotion poor little thing morris said to himself he always took a melancholy view of any happiness of his daughter's tending to believe in his pessimism that it could only lead to some refinement of humiliation he encouraged her however to talk about young tregent who according to her account had been extravagantly amusing he had said moreover that his mother was tremendously impatient to renew such an old acquaintance why in the world doesn't she then morris asked himself why doesn't she come and see vera he reflected afterwards that such an expectation was unreasonable but it represented at the moment a kind of rebellion of his conscience then as he had begun to be a little ashamed of his curiosity he liked to think that mrs tregent would have quite as much on the morrow he knocked at her door she lived in a commodious house in manchester square and had the satisfaction as he had chosen his time carefully of learning that she had just come in upstairs in a high quiet old-fashioned drawing-room she was before him what he saw was a tall woman in black in her bonnet with a white face smiling intensely smiling and smiling before she spoke he quickly perceived that she was agitated and was making an heroic effort which would presently be successful not to show it but it was above all clear to him that she wasn't fanny knocker was simply another person altogether she had nothing in common with fanny knocker it was impossible to meet her on the ground of any former acquaintance what acquaintance had he ever had with this graceful harmonious expressive english matron whose smile had a singular radiance that rascal of a crisford had done her such perfect justice that he felt as if he had before him the portrait of which the image in the studio had been the original there were nevertheless things to be said and they said them on either side sinking together with friendly exclamations and exaggerated laughs on the sofa where her nearness seemed the span of all the distance that separated her from the past the phrase that hummed through everything to his sense was his own inarticulate how could i have known how could i have known how could he have foreseen that time and life and happiness it was probably more than anything happiness would transpose her into such a different key 
her whole personality revealed itself from moment to moment as something so agreeable that even after all these years he felt himself blushing for the crass stupidity of his mistake yes he was turning red and she could see it and would know why a perception that could only constitute for her a magnificent triumph a revenge all his natural and acquired coolness his experience of life his habit of society everything that contributed to make him a man of the world were of no avail to cover his confusion he took refuge from it almost angrily in trying to prove to himself that she had on a second look a likeness to the ugly girl he had not thought good enough in trying to trace fanny knocker in her fair ripe bloom the fine irregularity of her features to put his finger on the identity would make him feel better some of the facts of the girl's crooked face were still there conventional beauty was absent but the proportions and relations had changed and the expression and the spirit she had accepted herself or ceased to care had found oblivion and activity and appreciation what morris mainly discovered however in this intenser observation was an attitude of hospitality towards himself which immediately effaced the presumption of triumph vulgar vanity was far from her and the grossness of watching her effect upon him she was watching only the lost vision that had come back the joy that if for a single hour she had found again she herself had no measure of the alteration that struck him and there was no substitution for her in the face that her deep eyes seemed to brush with their hovering presently they were talking like old friends and before long each was in possession of the principal facts concerning the other many things had come and gone and common fate had pressed them hard her parents were dead and her husband and her first-born children he on his side had lost his mother and his wife they matched bereavements and compared bruises and in the way she expressed herself there was a charm which forced him as he wondered to remember that fanny knocker had at least been intelligent i wish i could have seen your wife you must tell me all about her she said haven't you some portraits some poor little photographs i'll show them to you she was very pretty and very gentle she was also very un-english but she only lived a year she wasn't clever and accomplished like you ah me you don't know me no but i want to oh particularly i'm prepared to give a good deal of time to the study we must be friends said mrs tregent i shall take an extraordinary interest in your daughter she'll be grateful for it she's a good little reasonable thing without a scrap of beauty you care greatly for that said mrs tregent he hesitated don't you she smiled at him with her basking candour i used to that's my husband she added with an odd though evidently accidental inconsequence she had reached out to a table for a photograph in a silver frame he was very good to me morris saw that mr tregent had been many years older than his wife 
a prosperous prosaic parliamentary person whom she couldn't impose on a man of the world he sat an hour and they talked of the mutilated season of their youth he wondered at the things she remembered in this little hour he felt his situation change something strange and important took place he seemed to see why he had come back to england but there was an implication that worried him it was in the very air a reverberation of that old assurance of his mother's he wished to clear the question up it would matter for the beginning of a new friendship had she had any sense of injury when he took to his heels any glimpse of the understanding on which he had begun to come to ennismore gardens he couldn't find out to-day except by asking her which at their time of life after so many years and consolations would be legitimate and even amusing when he took leave of her he held her hand a moment hesitating then he brought out did they ever tell you a hundred years ago that between your mother and mine there was a great question of our marrying she stared she broke into a laugh was there did you ever know it did you ever suspect it she hesitated and for the first time since he had been in the room ceased for an instant to look straight at him she only answered still laughing however poor dears they were altogether too deep she evidently wished to convey that she had never known morris was a little disappointed at present he would have preferred her knowledge but as he walked home across the park through kensington gardens he felt it impossible to believe in her ignorance end of part four